happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. It is me, your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, back here to host the latest episode of the Weekly. And I am joined here, as I am just about every Wednesday, by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Weekly. Good to be back. What a day we have. No kidding. We got some big <laughs> news to talk about here today. I'm sorry if I sound a little under the weather. The weather has turned here in Chicago. That weather has affected mine. But we're going to have a great show here today. We do have some big news to talk about. And, of course, right after the news here today, we're going to have some big interviews as well. Of course, I was, in Starca- I was at StarCast and Full Gear just this past weekend. Uh, we rolled out all the media scrums, uh, the pre-show interviews, uh, and my uh, review of Full Gear with none other than Paul Walter Hauser on yesterday's show. Today, we are going to begin rolling out the interviews I got at StarCast. So today... Three big ones you're going to get to hear from Orange Cassidy, Shazza McKenzie, and Earl Hebner here uh, on today's Winkly after we talk the news of the day. Uh, And before we get to the news of the day as well and all those big interviews, uh, we do want to take a moment here to send our best out to uh, none other than Jerry Lynn, one of the best in the business. Uh, He's going to be having surgery for a bulging disc on November 29th. Uh, He recently had to pull out a StarCast 4. Jerry, we're thinking about you. We want to send our best. Man, Jerry Lynn, never heard a bad story about Jerry Lynn, uh, uh, Justin. No, I, I agree. I never have either. He's a, he's in a very uh, select class of people in the wrestling industry where, uh, you know, everybody seems to like. Yeah, no kidding. I, I One time uh, I had an interview with MJF, and MJF said that uh, Jerry Lynn could go F himself. Caught me very off guard. That's the only person I've ever heard talk negatively about Jerry Lynn is MJF. But I guess I shouldn't be coming as much a surprise, it's it's MJF. So uh, with that all out of the way, let's get to it here. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. Uh, this is a one, uh, I mean, we got some other news to get to here from the past 24 hours, but this is just a, a one-story uh, day here. It has officially happened. CM Punk appeared at the end of WWE Backstage last night. Of course, last week's episode did like 50,000 viewers, didn't even crack the top 150. Uh, I think uh, if this week didn't, Next week will. Now that Punk is back in the mix, uh, he came out. He said, "Just when uh, you have, uh, you think you've got all the questions, I change the culture." He promises to be back next week. Renee Young was the one to introduce him on the show. WWE issued the following statement regarding Punk's uh, joining WWE backstage. They say CM Punk, one of the most celebrated WWE superstars of all time. First of all. Wonder isn't that great to hear, Justin? They're acknowledging CM Punk, one of the be- one of the best, Justin CM Punk, coming from WWE. Sounds good again, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a point in time, and I know you sat in that courtroom. There's a point in time where you, <laughs> that that seemed that seemed you know just uh, galaxies away to ever think that they would publicly acknowledge him uh, in anything, uh, any any kind of a celebration uh, to, <laughs> to him. Uh, but yeah, he's you know it's, this is kind of the inevitable story we waited for. We've we've talked so much about speculation of this for you know how many episodes and, and just him in general resurfacing in the wrestling business all this year. Whether it be you know I think at first AEW and, and now the, the the rumors have certainly switched and shifted more to the WWE landscape. And uh, so it's happened. I mean, again, it's it is still as we'll, as we'll talk about here. It is, it is a Fox show. It is not. He's not being paid by WWE yet. Well. <laughs> but this uh, but this certainly. You know, you got to figure on Raw and SmackDown, WWE have been running promos uh, promoting WWE backstage. Uh, so you have to think that the 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 highlighting point of the promotion for 
next Tuesday's episode is going to be uh, the return of CM Punk to, to, to television. Yeah, I would think so as well. Well, we'll get back to it here. They say that uh, WWE says he has officially joined the roster of FS1's uh, WWE backstage, uh, uh, officially beginning next week, Tuesday, November 19th. Uh, Phil Brooks, better known as CM Punk, joins WWE backstage as a special contributor and analyst. He will make select appearances in studio alongside Renee Young and analyst Booker T., the best in the world, interesting they, they use that moniker again, joins fellow <laughs> joins fellow regular contributors Christian and Paige, as well as new correspondent Ryan Satin on the WWE Backstage Rotation, television's only studio show devoted to all things WWE. Backstage discusses the week's biggest stories with a varied cast of guests and personalities, in addition to bringing you backstage news or breaking news and exclusive behind-the-scenes access to WWE. Uh, Bray Wyatt tweeted out a screenshot of his past run-ins with Punk and wrote, I saw you. Seth Rollins tweeted out, fight me, CM Punk. Uh, PW Insider noting that Punk's surprise appearance was kept a secret to the other on-air talent, except for Renee Young, who introduced Punk in order to prevent leaks. Punk's deal is with Fox only and not WWE. The decision to sign Punk was a Fox call but WWE obviously gave their blessing. PW Insider also added that while Punk and Fox have been in talks, the deal was only finalized in the last few days. Man, that low viewership number for that first episode, I would think, uh, well, that that put the val- put more value in Punk. Got to get him, man. We got to get we got to turn this ship around. Yeah, and, and I, I really I'm really curious as to what they had to pay him. You know, we keep hearing about Punk and Punk said it himself. You know that you know anything's possible essentially for the right deal, you know, and I'm, I'm curious what this particular deal, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's one show a week and it doesn't even necessarily, doesn't even necessarily sound like he's going to be on every single episode. No. So it makes me wonder what is that value? What, what, what did he command to get on a plane and go to LA? You know, let, let's say it's even two times a month uh, to do this show. So uh, yeah, I mean, um, it, it, this was, this was done well because you figure it gets the buzz of, you need to tune into backstage because you never know what's going to happen. But it also, by having him just come out at the very end, all he does is, you know, cut that quick little promo. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't give any analysis. This now allows uh, Fox to now promote for the next week. You know, you got to tune in, you got to tune in and see what CM Punk's going to say here. You know, here is his opinion on, you know, the, the, the current topic. So, you know, they really did this right. You, they got, they got the, they got the surprise buzz out of it, but then they also get to have a week's worth of, advertising to hopefully make money off of it and you know again tune in tune in tune in and yeah you have to figure it's only been a couple weeks but next week will be obviously their largest viewership uh so far so this, this is done well this is going to be real disappointing if he does not wrestle in wwe now right i mean it, they, we hear here from uh, mike johnson you know that wwe gave their blessing here right wwe going so far as to write this press release and call him once again the best in the world, a moniker that, to the best of my knowledge, they had bequeathed to Shane McMahon, who is now the best in the world. <laughs> we uh, will probably have a battle over that moniker here, I would think, in the not too distant future. But it's going to be WrestleMania re- match. There we go. Maybe, maybe, maybe this was one long setup here, but uh, it is going to be very disappointing. I feel like if we don't get that match with Punk now, especially, I mean, the headline I'm going to put on the weekly here is CM Punk's wwe return am i wrong to write that i mean this is his wwe return uh, right um you know no I, you know i i would actually it, look it, it, it's a show about wwe but i mean it, I, I they are everybody is going out of the way to make clear that this is 
even even away from CM Punk, even just when the show started, you know, even Renee joke and I got that Fox money. I mean, they are they have been trying to transparently say this is a Fox show. Um, you know, I, I certainly think I agree with you in the fact that if you know if we don't see Punk at this year's WrestleMania, that will be at this point surprising. And if let's say twelve months goes by, let's say if another year goes by and we're in November twenty twenty and Punk has not shown up on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT that will kind of seem disappointing. It, it, we are at the point now where, you know, the, 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 it seems like they're rebuilding the bridge that was once burnt. Um, you would think this is, this is kind of like the perfect situation in a way to kind of feel things out in the sense of this gets punk and WWE back to having to speak to each other. Right. This, this, you know, this, this gets, this opens it up. This opens up the dialogue. This opens up, um, you know, he's going to start seeing other superstars because they're bringing WWE superstars in the studio. So like this, this opens it up, but it, it kind of allows each party to, you know, tiptoe back to the middle ground, back to the negotiation table to, to, you know, to, to, to bury whatever hatchets needs buried, to come to whatever terms need to come terms in terms of, you know, whatever requests he would have, whether that's money, creative or whatever to do business with him again. Um, so this, you know, you think this is kind of the perfect situation. Let's, you know, it lets Fox act basically act as, you know, as a mediator, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. So, but I, yeah, but I mean, it, 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 I can see people saying CM Punk back to the WWE that can, you know, that, that headline should be reserved truthfully for when he does show you, up you on one of the three programs. You don't think that this is his, this is this to me, you know, and I, I debated it too. I was like, is this his WWE return? It's WWE backstage. He's on a WWE program. I get it. He, here, here's is, why. Okay. okay. He, he, here, here's why. Okay. Uh, so, so this, so WWE backstage. This show is, you know, it's, we're finally getting this, but it's just like how they have, how Fox has it, how CBS has it, how NBC has it. You know, studio panel shows talking about the NFL, talking about the NHL, what have you. So, when a former player or a player that's not currently active or a coach who's not currently active is on that panel or is in that broadcast booth. Yeah. That's not the, you know, that's the, again, yeah, it, totally. you know, it, it, it seems like, you know, that seems normal because it, that seems normal because there are several other people in those talk, talking heads okay. in the shows. Let's say, let's, let's, let's jump ahead 20 years in the future here. I got Deshaun Watson. He's my fantasy football quarterback right now, right? Deshaun Watson is 20 years in the future. He's been away from, from playing the NFL for 10 years at this point, had a stellar career. He comes back to the booth on NFL Monday nights to be a contributor. That is Deshaun Watson's return to the NFL family, I would feel like, being in that booth there calling calling Monday Night Football. I, I have to I, – I mean, I get it. He's not wrestling. He's not on Raw or SmackDown or NXT. But this is his WWE return to me. He's back in the mix. People are well. He, I mean, you know. he he's back in the universe, but it's not. Again, here's here's the other distinction. We easily can can separate and say no, it's not uh, said players return to the NFL because when they show up on the you know Fox Sunday pregame because because Fox CBS because so many channels so many networks do have their own NFL talk show. If because Fox is the only dedicated. WWE talk show, it makes it seem like CM Punk is back with WWE. If USA and if NBC and and if TNT all had talk shows like this that were all dedicated to either, let's just say dedicated to pro wrestling, let's say that all those different networks had shows that were talking WWE and AEW and ROH, if he showed up on this Fox one, it wouldn't seem as much. But because this is the only WWE talk show on major television, it makes it seem such. Again, I'm not. I'm not disputing. Again, it, it, as I said, it, this seems inevitable now that he is going to pop back up on WWE programming in a WWE ring. Let's say in the next year and probably more immediately between now and Mania. 
I mean, but it is still a Fox show. So it is a but look, it's a Fox show, but he he can't. I mean, I'm gonna be very interested to see where the line is here, right? What is what is WWE gonna allow? I wonder this with Satin too. I'm actually supposed to to chat with Satin here very very soon uh, for an interview on the site about his new role on backstage, and I want to know like. Where is that line? I mean, if, if Satin goes out there and he does one of his Satin Sheet segments and he's like, yeah, I got the, the dirt here on how Vince told uh, MBS to go F himself and pulled the feed physically from the truck, right? If he's got the hard details on that and he, he blows the lid, he probably not going to be back the next week is my guess, right? I mean, let's not pretend here like that there's not some WWE sign-off wink and nod influence going on with this show. It's not like calling football where you don't know what the outcome is going to be, and you're just you know color analyzing here. This is this is Broadway. This is Hollywood, right? You know, there's there's well, yeah, but I would have to, to think that Punk, you know, again, Punk has been away for long enough, and, and you know, he doesn't. It's not like he's it's not like he's going broke and that he, and he lives a lavish lifestyle. I, I would think the only way he would even accept to do this is if he knows and if he has it in writing that he can just say whatever opinion he feels. So if if next week they go I don't know, man. If next week they go, "Hey, let's talk about the Lashley Lana Rusev story." And if, if Punk is not a fan of it, I got to believe that he is under the understanding that okay, if you're paying me whatever you're paying me, I get to say my opinion. Even if that even if that opinion is this is stupid or this is a you know whatever. I mean, so I can't what, imagine what? he's going to walk back into this having to uh, but look, okay, be I, censored. I get, I get. Okay, look, it's one thing to sit there and and be like, yeah, the Lana Lashley Rusev stuff sucks, which is an opinion some have, and it's an opinion. By the way, again, as a callback to yesterday's show, and you weren't here, Rusev blocked me on Twitter because of my negative criticism of his storyline, and I'm upset about that. But anyway, you know, there's one thing to be said about like, were you ta- were you were you tagging him on Twitter, or did he seek it out and find it? Dude, he had to have found it. I didn't tag him in it, but it was like a, one of the tweets I had like two weeks ago. Where I was like, who is this storyline written for? Seriously, please let me know. I got like 800-something likes or something like that. It was definitely one of the buzzier Raw tweets, I'm sure. Um, and he got wind of it. And he blocked me, right? He's very defensive about this. But anyway, we can could, we could talk about CM Punk. CM Punk blocked me years ago when I was promoting Matt Hardy and I Matt Hardy and I in studio talking about it was when Punk announced he was going to UFC. And we didn't, oh. and nothing in the tweets even bashed Punk. It was just kind of questioning, yeah. is, is this the next career move for him? And I got blocked that weekend. And I, <laughs> the Hardys and Punk, they have a, 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 an interesting history. Anyway, that's not the yes. point. That's not where I was going with this. The point I'm getting at is there's a big difference between, like, bashing the Lana Rusev uh, storyline, uh, you know, as opposed to, like, let's say one week somebody takes a hard shot into a ring post and is bleeding out and they continue on with the match and Punk's like, where's the WWE medics, right? Like, that guy should have been taken out uh, and, and gotten some treatment here. Uh, where is the what, – what is up with this negligence on WWE's part? I don't think he's going to have that kind of candor, you know? Uh, again, I just I, – I just can't imagine him walk. He's he's not going to walk into a situation where he's going to be censored. I, I, that's, all I can, that's all I can fathom. I, I mean, that's – again, okay. I, I don't – uh, I mean, like, quite frankly, look, look, quite, look, look, quite frankly, if you watched the, yesterday's or if you watched the week prior, and I know you and I, I talked to you a little bit about it off the air. You know, it, it is they are completely, you know, avoiding this talking within the storyline parameters. I mean, they are talking, they are using the vocabulary and just talking kind of. Uh, again, very very shoot style, very breaking kayfabe in terms of um, everybody on that show. Is so try- everybody on that show is trying to keep a relationship with WWE. I don't know that anybody's going to say anything that would cost that relationship, even to look like a renegade outlaw on, on the show. Yeah, yeah, but even so, even the way they've talked. I mean, I got. I mean, I don't know. I 
I, I'm sure Vince. I'm sure. I don't, I don't know if Vince is tuning into the show, but I'm sure Vince saw it. I'm sure, again, I'm sure he'd, he'd he'd rather them talk in the storyline and what have you. But I, I'm, I'm I'm guessing he's just under, understanding and just whatever. Again, the Fox, this is Fox's show, well, and, and if, Fox is giving them a lot of money, and he's just got to kind of deal with it and move on. It, I, I don't know. It would seem like his in ring return to WWE, if it's going to happen, would would still be a bit off because. You know, he's got to get established in this role as an analyst now. And I don't know that you can establish yourself in this kind of role if you're also wrestling at the same time, right? Like, I, I don't know that I'm expecting him to be NXT's fourth mystery man in the War Games match because how is he going to go from having just debuted on WWE backstage to also being on NXT on Wednesday nights? It, it just seems too confusing. I feel like, at least for the time being, for, like, for the next several months, we're just going to get Punk in this analyst role. Potentially, but I mean, I, I don't think. Potentially. <laughs> well, but again, if, if look, if, a couple months, yeah, but like if Punk shows up in the Royal Rumble or if, whatever, you know, if Punk shows up on the Road to Mania, which that, that just seems like that'd be the most prime, you know, time for him to do so, uh, I don't think that that's going to like, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think he or WWE would do that and then piss off and and the risk of pissing off Fox. I think like if he if he showed up, I think he would still be able to show up on the Fox on on backstage. Again, even if it's two times a month, because it already sounds like he's not going to necessarily be there every week. So I, yeah. I don't think there's something. And, th and then they would just use it as a chance to, like, put over Punk and Punk to talk about his, his whatever storyline or whatever match he's building to. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he can do both. I do agree. It would be odd if, like, all of a sudden next week now he showed up and was it was back into the uh, back into the mix uh, in terms of storyline. They do. You're right. They do need to kind of get him reestablished as he's on the show. He's on the show and then let him uh, pop up when, when the storyline opportunity presents itself. Yeah, um, but I, I do think he can do both, especially again. He's not like he's the host of the show. That's Renee. It seems like Booker and, and Paige are, are going to be her regular, regular co-hosts. So, that, you know, it seems like that fourth chair can kind of be, um, you know, you know, whether it's Christian or you know, we saw Samoa Joe yesterday. And, you know, I, I so I guess he could rotate kind of in and out in that fourth chair and still work as a competitor when that time comes i mean there's so many layers to this but it, it, it's fascinating and again this is what we've this is what we kind of we're waiting for as we, we figure something like this was upon us and it, here we are it's crazy because you mentioned how uh he could pop up in the rumble and i agree like that's a couple months away it could even be a one-off maybe set the stage for a mania match or something else but he could do it and then fall back to the wwe backstage thing but with that said, man, how ironic would it be if that is where he did come back to WWE in, in ring? He left because of yes. how he was booked in the Royal Rumble and having to sell uh, the whatever uh, helicopter spot to, to Torito, El Torito, the tiny bull in that Rumble match. It would it would be it would be the I, it would be the cherry on top of this very weird Sunday if CM Punk six years later were to return to WWE in the Royal Rumble, the match that literally he quit the company over. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting front row here in Pittsburgh for that rumble. There was that. There was the, that spot you're talking about. There was, um, and I have a, I have a picture somewhere, and I'm sure it's somewhere on my social media from the archive. Um, Corporate Kane was sitting ringside, hiding because they were there. There was a, you know, and I'm watching Punk scream at him and communicate. They wanted Kane to get him out of the match, and well, and, he was going to stay in. Dude, in that match, you know. that match they played in the courtroom, and they had Punk do like commentary to it because. I think he was concussed in that match. I think he took, like, a kick from Kofi. And, like, Amon made the case that, like, well, I told him to get out of the ring, and he was, like, telling me to go F myself, that he was going to see the match through. And, like, if you go back and watch that match, like, yeah, there's – and, like, 
Yeah, Kane was sent out to try to force Punk out of this match, but he was such a prideful performer, he didn't want to leave, even though he had been concussed and he had like lost his mind because he thought that there were no rules to the the medical situations in WWE anymore. It, it's a it's a it's a very interesting bout. But again, it would just be very ironic here if this was the match that Punk were to come back to WWE in, considering the the history he has with that particular bout and how it drew you know drove him away from the company. Yes, it would. Let me ask this. I mean, I, I don't think I don't again, I don't think we're I don't think it's inappropriate for us to speculate this now and do fantasy booking because I mean, again, he, he's 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 taken he's taken steps. We're taking steps towards here. Right. So let's 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 say he does WrestleMania. What's you know, I mean, he's been champion. That's that's not really the thing. I mean, I don't you know, I, I know his goal was always to like make like truly main event, like be the last match. I don't know if that's ever going to happen or not. But but like what's the mania match? Is it do you? Do you do you do something ridiculous like the best in the world moniker with Shane? Do you play off what everybody knows was a real life situation? And do you you know I mean Triple H always you is gotta do a main you match. Do, do you do Hunter. Punk and Triple H? I mean, gotta, what, what do you do? You gotta do Hunter. If you don't do Hunter, I mean I guess you know it was cool to see him and Samoa Joe in the studio together. Obviously they have a lot of history in like Ring of Honor uh, and, and things like that. But man, it, it, you gotta do Hunter, right? That's the that's the low hanging fruit. Do it. Play it out. Give Punk. Uh, give Punk the win. I don't. I mean, if you're gonna bring him back and use him, I would have him beat Hunter and have have bygones be bygones here. Though I know that that's not historically how the McMahon Helmsleys have done business. Uh, but that's the match for me, man. I would want to see Hunter Hunter Punk. The build is perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I thought. It just it's there, and uh, you know, you can obviously incorporate some build again to NXT if you wanted to, because that's that's Triple H's brand. You, I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. But I was curious. I mean, because really, I'm thinking like, yeah, it's been it's been almost six years, and there's obviously been new talent. But I'm like, even still, like I'm going through. I'm like, all right, what are there any are there any first time ever matches that they could do with any talent that's now on the roster that wasn't there six years ago? Is there, are they are any of those matches gonna draw? Are, are any of those matches gonna trump the business that could be done if you just play off of the real history that's that's that that's there? And and even even beyond real history, all fans have speculated. You know, I mean, I've I've said I've seen it many times. I've tweeted about, you know, oh, you know, punk for punk for Team NXT and you know in Chicago Survivor Series and 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 I, I, a constant replies is you know Hunter will never let it happen. You know, Punk will never work with Triple H. You know, people you know whether it's the truth or not. You know, people have you know, this image in their mind, like the two can't even you know be in the same room. So I think to play off of that, I mean, that's, that's big business, right? And by mind you, WrestleMania yeah. tickets go on sale this week. Yeah, man. Uh, this is exactly what WWE needed right now. More buzz, uh, putting more attention back on this show that was uh, looking to be lagging here in the ratings. I know I'll be tuning next week. I, I have to see here what Punk has to say coming back. And uh, and we roll on here, man. I, I just, it was a good move. And I, and I do wonder, I, I, I really... I, I want to know, I, I you know, and maybe they've all said it out loud. Maybe Punk just didn't like the offer here, but it is surprising that Punk chose this role as opposed to what would have probably been a main event level run in AEW. And I would love to someday get the full story about why he chose this in this moment as opposed to what seemed like a layup for him as part of the counterculture movement on the other side, you know? Yeah, again, you said it. It doesn't seem like money would be the obstacle uh, that that the you know, AEW certainly could afford to pay him whatever he truly wanted. And then, yeah, like I, that's the other thing. It's 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 that AEW's whole mission is to be this alternative, to be something, just to be another option for fans to do things different, to present things differently. So it's not the it's not the same old of what people have you know bashed WWE for. And you just think like like isn't that like isn't that 
what punk's all about isn't that you know i mean uh, considering the way punk left it would be and his frustrations like it doesn't this like just represent what he would want and of course you know he's he's, he's friends with the young bucks and friends with some of those guys like it, it is just surprising him you know i, mean, I, I don't want to get conspiracy theory but it just makes you think like there's got to be more to this there's got yeah. there's got to be something that nobody's saying that, that that's that's that that has or has not happened in the negotiations um yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a surprise. All right. Uh, well, we have some more news coming out of WWE backstage last night. Uh, it was also reported that The Miz and Page have uh, re-signed with WWE for multi-year deals. Uh, Paige has been with WWE since 2011. She's working on WWE backstage right now. Uh, the Miz has been with WWE since 2005. So this deal would, realistically, he's going to be hitting the 20-year mark probably when this deal runs up here. Uh, he's currently on the SmackDown roster. Uh, not a huge surprise here, but, man, uh, there are few wrestlers that came out of uh, that early 2000s, mid-2000s period into now what is more the more vibrant period um, with momentum and some luster than, than The Miz. This guy, has, this guy has turned lemons into lemonade. Um, I'm happy to see him back. I, you know, he's, he's a great performer. He's really coming to his own here. But kind of like with Randy Orton, who just resigned, I wonder, does he have one more top title run in his future? Or, or is he just a veteran now that's going to be used to work with talent, put people over? And that kind of deal. I don't even think Lemonade quite does justice for what the Miz turned <laughs> turned things turned things into. Um, yeah, I mean, other than Orton, actually, really, if you think about it, yeah. It, it, other than Orton, I mean, because even you know, Big Show, Cena, Triple H, any of them that don't you know, take her, anybody who was around in the early two thousands, I mean, other than Orton and the Miz, nobody's working the full time schedule. No. That, that and even Orton's took more time off in these last few years. I mean, Miz really, uh, Miz has had very little. You know, the only absences absences Miz has had is when he's actually filming a movie, usually. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's had a hell of a longevity, hell of a run. He's turned. Um, he really is. Like, like, he really is kind of like the Roddy Piper of this era. I feel like, um, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. But he, he he does. The more and more I watch his career progress, you bring up the movie, you know, the crossover to movies as well. There's a there's a real Roddy Piper quality. I feel like to Miz. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that he got another deal. I, and I'm a little surprised with Paige. I mean, I shouldn't be because WWE has been pretty good about, at least in this era of talent who have gotten injured and, and just can't physically go anymore in the ring. They try to keep them, try to try to take care of them, keep them involved in some regard um, if they want to be. You know, so I mean, I, I'm not surprised, but in a way it's like, you know, Paige is, you know, obviously she can't, she can't wrestle anymore. Um, you know, they, they, they tried her as a, as an authority figure, but they're, they're making a point to try to get away from that for the time being, uh, they tried to put her as a, as a manager in the most awkward, unusual pairing ever with her and the Kabuki warriors that really didn't ever have any traction. Um, you know, so, I mean, really it's like, what, what do you use her for other than, other than as an ambassador or, or, or again, I mean, she's being paid by Fox, I presume, but she's, you know, I, I you know think, being used in, in this talk show role. But. And I know that there's a lot of criticisms about, you know, authority figures and things like that being brought it back in the roster, but she was so good in that SmackDown GM role. There was really no reason for her to like lose that position other than they wanted to focus on the McMahons. I, you know, look, Triple H is so synonymous with NXT. He's obviously the authority figure there. I wouldn't be upset with Paige in that SmackDown role as the authority figure again, way better than what she was doing as a manager. That that frees up an opportunity for somebody, I think, to, to kind of step up in, in an authority role over on Raw. And, you know, the way that they've got the brands laid out right now, I, you know, I don't really have an issue with it. I, I, I really liked Paige in that role. And the fans always got excited whenever she came out. She's always getting a good reaction, you know. 
Yeah, I, 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 to me, I'm the opposite. I don't, I don't, I just don't think she fits as the, as the authority figure. The, really? the authority figure I buy is when you have, well, I mean, obviously the McMahons because there's, they are, but you know, I, I buy it when you have, um, I buy it when you have, uh, you know, I buy it when you have wrestlers who are who are clearly older and retired. Like to, to me, it just it feels forced. To me, it was just too soon. It's like, okay, we're just forcing, uh, we're forcing the audience to try to accept her as this quote unquote authority figure because she can't wrestle anymore. I, you know, but she's, but yet she's, you know, twenty. Six or 20, whatever, whatever, however old she is, I, I just, I just didn't buy it for me. It just didn't do it. Um, but I mean, I, but I, but I, but I, I disliked her as a manager even more because that just really did not fit with her with with the Kabuki Warriors. So yeah, no. Um, but I mean, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad she's still in the WWE family. I'm glad she's being taken care of. Um, obviously, she put her body on the line for for that company. So you know, I wouldn't want them to throw her out in the cold. I just, I guess, I'm just surprised. It's like, all right, you're making this investment in her, but what do you, what return are you expecting from her other than? Just using her, like you know, other than just using her for you know, again, talk shows or appearances or signings. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's yeah. enough of a return on the investment. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, well, we also found out last night on WWE Backstage uh, who's going to make up the WWE SmackDown's Men's Survivor Series team. Uh, it'll be Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Ali, Shorty G, and King Corbin. Um, a good team. We'll have the Raw team here. We found out that that Seth Rollins is going to captain. That team, and then we're going to get an NXT team here. I'm sure we'll find out uh, tonight, probably on NXT. Uh, but there you go, the traditional survivor. We're going to have 15 men in a in a three team elimination Survivor Series match. That'll be a quite a spectacle. I certainly would have not predicted six months ago if you asked me to pick who uh, who will be on any one of the teams. We're all smacking actually. I would have not predicted that Chad Gable. <laughs> Be on there, much less would he be on there and called Shorty G. Man, yeah, I guess that's the thing here. Shorty G and King Corbin, they're gonna have to get along. And and I I love that King Corbin is the king, and the only pro- the only proclamation he has made as king is to have Chad Cable renamed to Shorty G, and it's stuck. Which makes me think that he can make more proclamations, right? He can do more things to screw with people in the show. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Gable's so talented, and I and I'm and again, I'm 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 definitely more of a character gimmick. Per- like I'm I, I'm not I'm not somebody that just wants to see straight wrestling. Like I want every, I want people to have definition to them. I want character, you know. Um, so I'm not against them trying to like give some give some character to Chad Gable. I just don't the Shorty G thing. I just I, I just I haven't yet been able to get get my head around it. Um, well, uh, Monday Night's Raw drew an average of 2.058 million viewers. This is down 3.6% from last week's 2.136. Uh, that was the post-crown jewel episode and the lowest non This is also the lowest non-holiday Raw viewership in modern history. The first hour did 2.358. Last week's did 2.351. So a little up there. But then the second hour goes down to 2.063, down from last week's 2.207. And then the last hour drew... 1.753 down from 1849 the week before. That is a 26% drop from the first hour to the third hour. This is the lowest third hour viewership of all time, including holiday episodes. It is also the biggest hour one to hour three drop in show history. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that third hour kicked off with, uh, oh yeah, the Lana Rusev Lashley storyline. So... Hmm. It did, but yet again, it's the most viewed thing on YouTube for them. It's bizarre. <laughs> I mean, so look, look I, 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 I okay, go ahead. You make your case. You make your point. Go for it. Well, I'm not even going to get back go in. I mean, I, I, there's nothing more I can say new really about that storyline that I haven't already said. It, it, it's, it's, it, 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 well, I mean, look, her, <laughs> I'll say this her, her, it came off 
it came off very cringeworthy. Um, it did not come off scripted. It did feel like she was just kind of truly trying to wing it, and she said sex 47 times. Um, you know, I, I, all three of them are trying their hardest to sell this and, and to commit to it. So I give them as, as a as performers, I give them credit there. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised by the viewership, though. I, I said I said I was on. You know, I did the live raw post uh, post podcast with uh, Raj and Matt Morgan Monday night, and I said there was there was no way i mean there there's nothing about that show at all and i and i can't i can't even imagine anybody in WWE's creative or anybody in WWE's decision makers could look themselves in the mirror and say this with a straight face there was nothing about that show that was like you know what we're giving our best try here to make sure we get people to hold on and and, and stay Wal- tuned the and Walter, watch it was, the, the Walter Rollins stuff was good i enjoyed the Walter stuff there were little points of you know, there, I mean, the, the 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 main event match was entertaining in itself. The opening match was inter- there was things that were entertaining, but in terms of a flow to flow to flow and like hang on, like that's not a you're giving me a three hour show and you're you're wanting me to hold on to watch the OC go up against Randy Orton, Ricochet, and and Humberto. Like that's just not like that, that's just not <laughs> now, but here's, main event. Here's the thing know. though. For now, and again, maybe I'm being, and I'm maybe I'm being too nice about this, but I I like Humberto Carrillo. I like watching him work with AJ Styles. I genuinely was looking forward to to that match because of that, and I also really like how Randy Orton has just decided to buy real estate in Ricochet's mind. It's like a little thing. It's like a lit. It's like a little thing, but it's being done really well by a veteran like Randy Orton and. I I enjoyed the chemistry between these two. It wasn't like again, it wasn't maybe the most uh, compelling thing I've ever seen in WWE, but I didn't I didn't hate what was going on in that main event there. There was there was actually elements to it that I that I liked no, quite a I, bit. I didn't hate it either, but you just said the word compelling. Yeah. In order to if if you want viewership to not go down, especially in the, if you wanted to gain, you have to give me something give me something compelling, give me something to look forward to that to hold on. What what that was in the main event, especially everything you just said, you know, Humberto and AJ working. Um, you know, Randy's kind of like taking Ricochet under his wing in a in a weird way, and they're, or, they're, or like, he's gonna murder him, or he's gonna murder yeah, him. Yeah, like that's fine. That that is good stuff, but that's that's not main event material. When you're trying to give me a three hour show, that's that's not something that's gonna hold on. That's not it. Just it just isn't. I, I it's just not. It's not. Well, I don't know. I it, it was a bad. It, yeah, overall for three hours, it was not a. And I know the tape shows can you know the, the tape shows lose something anyways because. You know they're taped, um, and on this day you need to be live. You need to be must see. But uh, that it just it was just not a good. That's not a good show overall. Here, overall, here's one of the things that uh, I, uh, on this taped episode I had heard that Lana got destroyed by the live audience. I had heard Seth also got booed. I was waiting to see how they handled that, especially since it's a pre-tape. And uh, we have a note here that it is looking more and more like WWE did make significant edits to this week's Raw segment with Seth Rollins due to the negative live crowd reaction to him. Uh, we've heard from several readers who were in attendance for last Friday's Raw at the Manchester Arena in Manchester, England, who noted that the negative reactions were edited out from the Seth Rollins segment. A, a reader named Jeremy, he sent word to us that Monday's taped uh, Rollins segment from Manchester also included footage. <laughs> I've never heard anything like this in my entire life. Also included footage from the October 28th raw episode from st louis jeremy knows this because he and his friend who attended the recent raw in st louis together were in screenshots from this week's taped raw cheering it 
if true, that is great. I mean, that's crazy. The lengths you would go to try to, to salvage this. Cutting the old episodes of Raw? I've never heard anything like that, Justin. Um, I've never heard. I've never heard, but that doesn't. That probably means they've done it before. We just never noticed. Well, they, um, yeah. WWE likely used this footage from the October twenty eighth Raw to make Rollins look better in the segment when he was heavily booed. Dude, that's dude, that's crazy. Why not just make this guy a heel? It's not like he's he's not he's not lighting the world up right. He's he's not burning it down as a baby face at the moment. You know. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, I, I guess it, you know. I'm not surprised if you have three days to edit something. I mean, if you're if the, if the vision is you wanted to be cheered, I guess you have the ability to 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 try to doctor that. But yeah, I agree. Ugh. Just just go with just go with just it, go man. with what the fans want. Uh, but I, I mean, I've heard I've talked to different people there recently that that Vince has a a strong uh, conviction and support for Seth Rollins to be you know a top baby face. Um, even if the people are kind of starting to resist against that, it seems you know he's he's gonna. He's gonna fight it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I and I and I had seen video from fans that were there live, both of both Seth's promo and uh, the Lana segment, and the boos were very loud. It, it seemed like they let the boos go a little bit more for Lana because they, they, you know, they want her to be booed. She's the heel in this dynamic, so that wasn't as surprising. Even 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 if the boos were uh, directed in, with a different motive. Um, but yeah, I, I heard, I, I saw video, cell phone video of people there live during the, the filming during the Seth promo, and uh, it was far more negative in that real-time video than it was on uh, USA Network Monday night. Uh, well, lastly here, it appears that Ali's name has been changed again in a tweet. Hey, uh, Ali posted the caption, My name is Mustafa Ali, and uh, if he is being given back the Mustafa part of his name, I'm for it. I have no idea why they ever just shortened it to Ali. I know that he's very proudly Mustafa Ali. He's been known as that for a long time, so good. I'm glad if this is the case, I am glad that he's going back to Mustafa Ali. I think it's a better name in general. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't care one way or the other, but I, that's just my question. What's the purpose of changing anyways? I, I know WWE gets on these, like, fetishes of, like, everybody having one one word names, and, some, and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's 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 more marketable to, to be Rusev versus Alexander Rusev or to be Big E rather than Big E Langston. Sometimes I get it. Uh, this one especially though, I did not. I did not understand what's the big deal whether he's Mustafa Ali or Ali. Like, just let him. Just let you know. He he can have a first and last name. What's wrong with that? All right, it is me, Nick Hausman, Wrestling's managing editor, and I just happen to be walking by one of the hottest pro wrestlers on the planet right now. It is none other than AEW star Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Hey, Orange, you know, a lot of fans out there are really enjoying your work right now on AEW Dynamite, but you haven't gotten in the ring and as physical as, you know, Chuck and Trent have. You know, why haven't we seen Orange Cassidy in there really tearing it up like the rest of the roster so far? All good things come to those who wait. Okay, cool. Uh, now, how is it? Getting to work with uh, Trent and Chuck, you know, what kind of what kind of history did you have with these two guys before you got paired up in AEW? Uh, in I mean, I live with Chuck, so I see him all the time. Oh. What's that like? How is it like living with Chuck Taylor? Bad. What's like your biggest pet peeve about Chuck? Him. Him as a person? Yeah. Is it like a smell? Not a smell. Is it is it the drinking? Does he like have too many cocktails? Yeah. Does he have like women over and make a lot of noise in the middle of the night? And that like 
Just him. Like, hey, what? I mean, like, if he's not a, if, if, if it's just him, like, why don't you not be a roommate with him? Somewhere? I'm good. I'm good. Well, maybe you make him though. Or is he not? No? I want to change my answer. It's fine. So, uh, it's, it's, you and Chuck are good roommates. Fine. It's fine. Do you do you two have like a favorite thing that you guys like to do? Do you have like a board game night or like. Joey, he enjoys a white claw. Like, what, what do you like outside the ring? What do you like to do, Orange? Nothing. You just like to sit? Yes. Uh, Alright, uh, uh, I have a question about Chucky and Trent. Do they? I, I don't even know what that means. Yes. Right? Um, so, like, do you like to go to, like, a pond and, like, watch ducks? That's... that's that's a very peaceful thing to do. No. You like a turtle guy? No. Do you like a fish? No. Well, there's been a lot of a lot of fans out there. They're like uh, kind of like uh, upset. Uh, about some of the ways that AEW officiating has been going recently. I mean, Orange, I mean, Orange, you know, you obviously, you're, you're getting in your shenanigans here and there, you get in the ring, you put your hands in your pockets, you know, while the ref's not looking, you'll take somebody out. I mean, do, do you think AEW has a problem with their officiating? No. You're just a fan of, of AEW and its officiating. is a superstar that is lighting up all of Twitter and social media right now as there's been an outcry to hashtag hire Shazza. It is Shazza McKenzie. Shazza, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having a camera that I can look at. And so now I'm like obsessed with how I look while I'm doing this. And I'm like, hey, 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 okay. Good. That's a good start to the interview. I think I think everybody watching out there was like more of that. Less Nick Houseman talking. I think they like that. Right. I appreciate that. Well, how's it feel? I mean, everybody in pro wrestling seems to come out and support you here in the past week or so, and they want to see you get hired by AEW. I mean, 
I would also like to be hired by AEW, so I appreciate it. Because okay. um, my, my goal is to live in America and be a professional wrestler full time. And right now I live in Australia and I just travel over here and do as much as I can when I can. And yeah. it's, it's hard and it's taxing flying 24 hours to the other side of the world. So um, if I could just shorten that flight to when I, when I want to wrestle, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, how, how, how close are we getting to that? Have you been talking to the EVPs over at AEW about coming in? Or the, is there progress in this discussion? Um, I don't think there's not any specific progress or anything. I'm just taking it one day at a time and hoping that whatever happens, what, I trust the process and I'll end up where I'm supposed to end up whenever I end up there. Trust the process. Yeah, you have to. Otherwise, you'll go insane and just have a mental breakdown, really. I, I feel like most wrestlers <laughs> have that tattooed on the inside of their forearm these oh, days. No, I just have, like, my... Oh, I have my ex-fiance's name that I've covered up. Oh. Uh, and then I have a, a little heart that says free because oh, okay. I also like to impulse get tattoos. Okay. Uh, and that's why I wear long sleeves. Uh, ex-fiance, is that weird? Like, having the ex-fiance yeah, tattoo? It's covered. Oh, it's covered okay. now. It's under there. It's under. That's why I have a giant tattoo on my wrist. Ah, got it. There we go. Yeah, fun facts. <laughs> um, I also had Diva tattooed on my shoulder, and uh, that is also covered up now. Wonderful. Now, <laughs> hey, look, we learned a whole bunch about Shaz's tattoos. All about facts. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick. I was at All Out. I watched you get taken out by Britt Baker over that top rope, but it was like a mandible claw yeah. takeout. What, how, how, how was that? It was, it was painful. <laughs> like, it was, I, I, first time I've ever been dragged over a top rope by my mouth or mandible or whatever. It, I don't even, I'm, she like said all those words in the, her, for a match with B about all the insides of the mouth. And I was like, oh, I just mean my, my throat hurt and my teeth and, I made me go over. <laughs> well, and then you, of course, you had your AEW dark matches past week, tag team action. You were in there with some heavy hitters, Nyla Rose, Leva Bates. Uh, how does it, were you more comfortable or are you more nervous your second time around here with AEW? Um, I think I was more comfortable this time around. Uh, probably because the first time around I never, I never expected it to get that opportunity. So getting that opportunity was really like overwhelming and I was like, oh my gosh. Whereas um, by the second time I was like, no, I'm, I'm working hard for this and I deserve this and I'm going to prove that I belong here as best as I can and hopefully good things come to those that work hard for them. Well, I, I had a pleasure of calling a couple of your matches at Black Label Pro, Shaz. Uh, I know that you're on fire. You're awesome. People. Yeah, right, Black? You want to say something yeah, nice about I Black love, Label Pro? I love Black Label Pro. Mikey, thank you so much for all your support and everything that you've done for me over the last, like, two years. I really appreciate you. Oh, man. I love how often Mikey Blanton comes up in my interviews these days. It's he just, it. he's a nice person, he's right? He's a great guy. You're a nice person. Oh, thank you. Uh, Shaz, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up? Um, follow me on all my socials at Shazza underscore McKenzie um, and hashtag sign Shazza. It's me, Nick Hausman, or StarCast4 here, and I'm joined at this time by legendary pro wrestling referee Earl Hebner. Earl, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for coming by. Absolutely. Now, Earl, i got to ask you the hot topic amongst wrestling fans right now is AEW officiating. Now, a lot of fans have noticed some issues with tags, 10 counts, pins, and other things. What do you think AEW can be doing to better address the refereeing in, in their promotion right now? Have me in the dressing rooms teaching them. <laughs> it was what? 
had me in their dressing rooms teaching them. So wait, are you not working directly with the other referees to put together their matches and, and train them in the art of refereeing right now? No, right now I'm just doing the pay-per-views because uh, of the travel and everything. You know, I've traveled so much. Uh, so uh, I'm fortunate to, to uh, be asked to help do the pay-per-views. Would you like to step up in more of a capacity as a mentor, as an agent producer for the refs to help them get some of the things that have uh, drawn ire under control? Well, I don't know. You know, you know what they have is pretty good. You know, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's all new to. Well, it's not really new. It's just that we learn every day. It's not something that you 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 know all all er, about everything. Yeah. What are some of your biggest pet peeves when it comes to refereeing right now? Is there anything in particular? you feel needs to be addressed when it comes to refereeing in AEW? Well, sometimes I think the uh, tag matches are is too much uh, interference and and to bury the referee a lot, and that's kind of bad, but they're too in, in the ring too long and it shouldn't be there that long. Do you think that it's underestimated like how much credibility, giving giving the referees credibility, do you think when you take that away from the, from the wrestling action, it takes away from the actual action you're seeing in the ring? Well, some, somewhat. You know. Now you mentioned that you've been to Baltimore several times here. You know, this is a big event here tomorrow night, Full Gear, uh, AEW's first non-all-in, all-out pay-per-view. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any personal favorite memories from here in Baltimore? Oh yeah, I've been here with uh, back in the days, Jim Crockett Promotions, and uh, you know that's been a long time ago. We used to stay at the old Days Inn across the street from the building. But uh, you know, I've, I've been I've been down here with uh, WWE, WWF a lot of times. You know, this is this is. Uh, I mean, hell, I even drove down here. I, I, don't, I live in Richmond, so it's not a big deal. Oh, that's nice. It's like driving to Charlotte and back in the days. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned Jim Crockett. Jim Crockett's actually here at Starcast, so one of it's a very very rare appearance for him where he's talking to the fans. How surprised were you to hear that they got Jim Crockett to come out for this? I was surprised. I mean, I, you know, I haven't checked out everything who's here, who's not here, but, but uh, <clears throat> I'm glad I'm glad he's here, and I'm sorry for the cold but i have a i have a little cold today and it's a little hoarse but okay. it's fine i i appreciate you taking the time to chat with me anyway earl even though that's why i got the microphone out so i could make sure that you could be heard in this interview um and you also mentioned you know your time in wwe how much does how much different does AEW structure and the way they run their shows how much is is that different than the way wwe runs their shows you don't feel like you're in prison here you don't feel like you're in prison here? Right, right, right. You've got more leadway, more, it's more relaxable. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's like you, you're, you're, you're a prisoner in, in WWE, not in AWE. Okay, AEW, I'm sorry. AEW, I got a note though. You're like the referees, you're dressed like prisoners. You've got like the prisoner stripes on already. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's why I left uh, uh, WWE. Yeah. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, this is just a more laid-back company for me. At my age, this is great for me. I'm very happy to hear that, Earl. You know, and when you uh, when you look back on everything, and you know, you see all the classic matches you've been a part of. What what would you personally consider to be the highlight of your career when it comes to pro wrestling and refereeing? Well, I guess the first one would be uh, Saturday Night Main Event when I screwed Hogan. And the next one, probably the Bret Hart deal. So would you consider that a highlight, the Montreal Screwjob? Um, it, it, it made a name for me. It, it sure did. It sure did make a name for you. You know, I noticed, I think it was at All Out, there were a couple fans that were still chanting, you screwed Bret at you. 
and you didn't seem like super thrilled that they were chanting that at you. Do you think it's time for fans to kind of let that go? I don't think they're ever going to let it go. It's got to be 20 years old or a lot older. Yeah. So they did the whole Vice Land special about it. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Was that pretty cool for you to watch back? Do you do you like that there's still mystery around what happened in all of this? I love it. That's why I'm. That's what gets me over. That's why I'm still doing what I'm doing because they they keep bringing me back. That's so. They want to torture me, but I'm torturing them. Now, I got to ask, okay, so we talked about AEW's officiating. I want to, real quick, I got to ask you. There was a huge Hell in a Cell controversy. Did you, do you know what I'm talking about? Where they, like, ended the match by ref stoppage at Hell in a Cell between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, like, a month ago? No, I didn't. I don't, you, I don't watch their product. Okay, never mind. It, does, it doesn't matter. Though. Really, I just don't even watch it. Okay. What has it been like for you watching Cody, the son of Dusty Rhodes, become an executive and run a wrestling promotion? Have you been impressed with the way he's handled himself so far? It's great. I mean, when I was coming through, uh, uh, Dusty's the one that gave me my job. Oh, yeah. And I rode in the truck with uh, Cody when he was a baby. Oh, man. So it's been a great, it's been, it's been, uh, it's, it's just been awesome to see Cody, hey, he's progressed, grown up, and, and what he does is good, and he, he and he's the footsteps of his dad, believe me. Every minute of it, every step is Dusty that he makes. And he's a great kid, and God bless him. Uh, he deserves everything he's he's getting or going after. How do you feel about Chris Jericho as the current AEW World Champion? Do you think he's the man to guide AEW in the right direction right now? For right now. Uh, for right now. For right now. Uh, okay. Things change down the road, so we'll see. Well, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug, promote, or put over here to our, our viewers and listeners out there before I wrap it up you, uh, today, Earl? Well, uh I really appreciate all you fans being here to StarCast with AEW. And, uh, uh, you know, God knows uh, this company really respects each and every one of you for buying a ticket, coming and seeing us. And God bless you for coming and helping us and uh, being interested in the AEW product. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you all for tuning in. And thank you to uh, StarCast and AEW for the interviews with Orange Cassidy, Shaz and McKenzie, and Earl Hebner. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. With uh, one more Winkly for the week, we've had a lot of AEW StarCast content. Tomorrow, we're going to slow it down. We're going to throw something a little bit different at you. Tomorrow, you're going to hear from former UFC competitor Stefan Bonner. He's got a big uh, upcoming uh, hybrid-style fight coming this weekend you're going to hear all about. Uh, and, of course, tomorrow, we're also going to hear from now WWE Hall of Famer Brutus the Barber Beefcake. As we got another Andy Malnoski interview from 80s WrestleCon. Uh, if you like this show, you like all our interviews, you like all of our punditry getting slammed into your ear holes, go over, find us Wrestling Inc. audio over on iTunes. Give us a nice five-star rating, nice comment. All that stuff is always appreciated. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Uh, join me the night, uh, just about after 10 p.m. Eastern time after NXT finishes up. Uh, myself, uh, Matt Morgan, and Glenn will be live talking AEW versus NXT, so you can see that live on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel or download the audio um, after the fact. Uh, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Justin Lamar. Thank you all very much for tuning in. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. I want to spend a, I want to send a special congratulations out to my girlfriend, Liz. If you are listening here, she landed a very big deal that she's been working on for a long time today. Congratulations, Liz. Uh, but for the rest of you, I will talk to you tomorrow. What's well, vague? What kind of deal? Well, she's got a real, she's got a shoot job. She's got a real business job. She just landed a big deal she's been working on for months now today. I woke up to the, the very happy text from her. Not woke up, but, you know. 
early morning text from her that she landed a big deal. So congratulations to Liz. She's, she's great. Um, but uh, to the rest of you, congratulations for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>